Hey everybody, welcome to Bench Racing Radio, the new podcast where we don't really know what we're doing right now, but we're going to figure it out eventually, just like stock car racing. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Leak, and... Eric Gio on the other side here. Well, unfortunately, due to COVID, Eric and I can't hang out together to be able to do this podcast in person. And we've literally been trying to figure out how to do this recording for the last, I don't know how many hours. Eric, I'm sure you're having just as much fun as I am trying to figure out this technology. Yeah, it's tough. There's like a lot of buttons and stuff. There's a lot to figure out, but we're getting there. So I just kind of want, I figured for our first podcast episode, basically episode zero, essentially where everything goes wrong, but we kind of make it work in some way, shape or form. Why don't we just kind of, I don't know, we've been kind of talking without, you know, recording of what we want to do for this podcast. And let's go through maybe some of that. I mean, I personally been involved with racing for, I don't know how long has it been now? How old am I ancient? Um, since I was, I don't, I went to my first races when I was four and I got involved at my home track in emo when I was a teenager, grade 11, I did a website and I started doing the website for the track when I was 19 and heavily, I was heavily involved there for 10 years. And I just love it. Moving to Kenora was like, I can't live in a town without a racetrack. So built one, uh, in Kenora. So that's been going really good. But I, I personally am not a big, I'm not into cars at all. I don't know how much you and I've had that conversation, Eric, about how much I don't know we, about vehicles. <laughs> we haven't really talked about that. And that, I find it fascinating. Like you, you've been around it for so long. And uh, I think I asked you one time, have you ever driven a car? And you're just like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy. I did once. I uh, in two thousand four, so I would have been twenty. I was invited to run a ga- uh, the Gamsbys uh, had a street stock, and I have the pictures to prove it that I was in an actual race car, and it was dry slick as could be in Winnipeg. It was the last race of the year, and I wrecked it. I crashed into the water barrels on the backstretch, started it back up, spun out on the bottom of four, and t-boned another car. So that was my experience. <laughs> Yeah, cheaters that used to be a big thing and then people stopped coming and some people were like, why? Why don't people show up anymore? And it's like, yeah, because people get tired of wrecking at least one car, at least every every year, one car for sure would get junked on cheaters night. And uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a success. And I think they've eventually figured out why. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some really bad accidents too, like Paul Veert when he rolled over and it definitely has seen a lot of wrecked cars. I think maybe even that year, that number, that green and purple 55 uh street stock got rear-ended so bad the trunk of the car ended up in the back seat uh there's been some really bad rollovers and wrecks and just it's actually a good thing that they've got rid of a lot of that yeah i think so i mean it, it sounds like a fun idea and it's a great thing to let your your mechanic or your wife or your sponsor or whoever drive the car but uh putting a bunch of people who have no idea what they're doing on the track together is just recipe for disaster so let's go through a little bit of your history. I know your family's been like super involved for a lot of years. Go through kind of the process to get to where we are in, in this podcast. For sure. Yeah, my dad got started racing. He said it was his midlife crisis. He was 40 years old or 41 at the time, I think, when he, he wanted to start. He just started going to the track to watch and him and his buddy wanted to get a car together. And then the, his buddy ended up backing out and he ended up going all in on his own. From then on, I was just hooked. Before that, I wanted to race motocross and stuff. I, I coincidentally banged myself up that summer and I needed a bunch of stitches and stuff. I was off the bike for a while and then that was right when dad started going to the races all the time. So I started going to the races with him and it seemed like a lot of fun. So I got, we got into it. 
you know, as he got going and then my brother started racing. And then when I was old enough, I got myself a four cylinder and raced that uh, a little bit. Then I raced his car for a bit and kind of just moved my way up. I've raced a lot of different kinds of cars. I've, I've driven four cylinders, street stocks, lightning sprints, a mod, super truck. I think that's about it on dirt, but it's super stock a little bit that uh, two seater. So yeah, I mean, I've, driven a lot of different types of cars just had a had a freaking blast doing it just it's uh it's just been an absolute like i like to say it's the best way to turn money into noise in the fastest way it's just it's just so much fun and i just uh wouldn't trade it for the world so i i raced for a while i took a few years off uh realized that i really needed to be racing still and uh got back into it uh, uh driving again in the super trucks a couple of years ago and have been doing that the last few seasons so how much yeah, different is it from like going from a four-cylinder to like a mod or into a super truck or something like that when you get the big difference is when you get into a car that's actually built to race you know you get you get going with a, a four-cylinder and the stupid thing won't, won't turn you're trying to steer and drive with the front axle and it's just it's the thing's made for going to get groceries it's not made for for racing now don't get me wrong it's a fantastic class it's the only way a lot of people ever would have gotten involved in the sport and a lot of people that are up was still their way in myself included so uh it, it's a great place to start but when you get to jump into something that was actually built to to run i remember the first time my brother let me run his amod I, you know, at that time I was already a champion in super trucks and I had raced quite a bit at that point, but that first feeling I got of that front end actually digging in and working, it was just like, I was in love right away. It was just, couldn't believe how good that thing handled. And, uh, that's really the big thing is just when you get into those purpose built race cars, they are a lot of fun to drive. Uh, an experience I've never enjoyed. I mean, never had the privilege to enjoy. I mean, I, in a street stock, it wasn't, I mean wasn't bad i remember ron westover was in that race too and if you know ron westover he's won dozens upon dozens of races championships the whole bit back in emo and he's a great street stock driver i've known him a long time and i remember he was out on the track with me and of course i'm driving in this thing like it's a weird feeling to have your butt literally stuck to the seat of a car like you feel like you're one with the car and i thought i was going okay i mean it was it was as blue as possible and I remember he pulled up beside me on the outside and I kind of looked out the right side of my helmet and he waves at me and I'm just like, and I'm <laughs> so much like just clenching the freaking steering wheel. And I'm Death just like, on this yeah, and, I, like I, I can't even like focus on what's going on around me because I got this narrow vision and he waves at me goodbye, he drives off. Cause he's, he's driving beside me and, and I feel like I'm going, okay, I'm like, Oh, I'm almost as fast as this guy. And he, he hit the accelerator. He disappeared. I never saw him again until I had wrecked it. And, uh, I remember the bang closing my eyes, the bang didn't feel it. Did you don't like, I hit that car. <laughs> I hit that car. At probably, I don't know. He was probably 55 miles an hour going by me when I hit him and I bent the whole front <laughs> clip. Uh, my dad put a whole new front clip on it. It was already bent once, but this finished it off. And all I remember is facing the infield. I never felt a thing, 
But I'll tell you, that car must have spun like a top. And the the the, <laughs> the, the, the tow truck guy or whatever says, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I said, well, how's it look? And he's just like, we're towing this thing in, into the infield. Because they still were in the infield at that time. And, uh, yeah, uh, my dad said to me, you're never getting in another race car until you can fix it yourself and pay for it yourself. So it's been 16 years, and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Yeah, it's just... It's a different way to spend your time and your money, that's for sure. I haven't found anything better. You know, as a, as a spectator sport, like for me growing up watching, it just made sense for me to go into the promotional side of it because I just kind of felt that, especially back home, it's such a community type of thing that it eventually, you know, as I grew up, I realized, hey, you know what, these people have spent so many hours, so much of their free time putting on a racing program for for people like me. And, you know, you get to know the characters. I mean, it's just incredible. Like some of the drivers back home who are still racing in their late 60s into the early 70s, you know, like I looked up to these people as role models as a kid and, and they're still racing and I'm, you know, 32 years later uh still watching them which is incredible i mean i know some people have been racing for 50 plus years it's nuts and i you know it just for me it was natural for me to say hey i can do the now that i'm old enough i could do the same thing in return and so that's been been my biggest motivation and my connection with the sport um we probably need to dedicate an entire episode to talk about why i'm not into cars specifically though considering my dad's a mechanic my brother's electrician and a mechanic my brother-in-law's a mechanic um i'm sure my nephew will get involved on it uh you know it's just you know i've been it's been around me my whole life it's just never really been my thing as much as i love the sport but it's very much from the fan side for me not so much the driving side so it does you know people do kind of go what what do you mean you don't care for any of this stuff you don't know what a crankshaft is i mean no, not I do know more now than I like I'm not oblivious to the world. Right. You know, when someone starts explaining something to me like I know my parts now. Did I know my right. parts 10 years ago? No. Do my do I do I know my parts now? Yes. Do I know how they all work all the time? No. So, you know, I I could I can go and do like one of my best examples was that the tech guy I was supposed to have this summer in, in Kenora didn't really happen the way I had liked it to. And of course we had that two day show and I'm like, man, I got to do tech. Like I got to do safety, make sure we got proper carburetors, rear ends and the whole bit. So of course I get the pep talk from my dad, talk to a few other people, focus on what I want to see, make sure I know what the difference is between a 4412 and a, and a Rochester, um, those types of things. So I'm going around doing this tech, lifting hoods up, and I'm just like, wow, this is really good, you know, nice tech work, you know, you're doing. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm the only guy, just not know, not them knowing that I'd literally <laughs> learned this stuff in the last, like, six to eight weeks <laughs> trying to Take figure it out. until you make it, man. Yeah. Act like you know what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I've been to enough tech meetings, I've been to enough safety meetings and stuff to at least, and have memorized as much of the rule book as possible to at least be able to have a proactive approach to it. And I think that's really, you know, from from a promotional standpoint, I, I've I've had the privilege to work in almost every aspect of how a racetrack operates from, you know, being a flag man. I did lap counting once and I don't envy anyone who lap counts, even if you use a transponder, tow truck, track packing, scales, concession stand, um, <laughs> you know, ticket gate, announcing uh, race director, um, you know, the list goes on and on. And, you know, I, I've, I've kind of felt that in a way that's that's helped me to try to understand all the different, because everyone comes from a different walk when it comes to being, going to the racetrack. 
Yeah. You know, whether it's a pit oh, crew yeah. member or whatever, or a driver or a sponsor. 100%, 100% agree. And, you know, that's actually something that I got the chance to do too. And a bit of my time off there, I, you know, they, they wanted a new race director. Dale tried to bring me up into the tower to do it a few times. Dale McEwen here just retired from Winnipeg. You know, I, I, every racer should have to go up there once so that you can appreciate any racer who, and, and hey, I've, I've done it before too, where you're freaking out and you're yelling at the tower inside the car, just like, how did they not see that? You know, everyone should be staring at me while I'm out there. Uh, you know, total, you really gain a total appreciation for what that role really is. And, uh, you know, all that stuff, I've, I've done some of that too, the announcing, the flagman, you know, dabbled in a few of these different things and it's really let me see it from all those different perspectives and it's uh, it, it's been great experience I, I still like driving the best you know it's been it's been very good to get that experience for sure so that kind of leads us into what are we doing in this podcast and i think that both eric and i have been you know we've had kind of the jot down the notes type stuff and i think that there's a little bit of kind of a living podcast that we're trying to do and we don't you know we both kind of agreed at the end that we don't want to make this of just like the standard hey rick where did you get your first win or hey jerome why do you like turning laps all the time or hey you know ron westover what you know what does it mean to win you know a big event and stuff like that which i think are cool things to ask but we thought maybe we'd kind of throw in some randoms here or there questions that maybe the drivers wouldn't expect so we can really get kind of like their personal opinion on things that might go beyond racing but of course it is bench racing radio so we do want to talk about racing i think sometimes that little bit of dynamic of the character beyond how many feature wins they have is kind of essential to what we want to do in this podcast eric exactly that's uh that's just it you touched on it earlier it was just getting to know those characters uh you know there's just so many people at the racetrack that that are just it's unlike people you would find anywhere else and uh the, the track's just full of them they're all just characters. They're the funniest, craziest, hardest working people you'll ever meet. You know, it's just I, I want to share some of that with the with the fans out here and get them to get to know these drivers a little bit more. And, and, and not just drivers, too. We've got, you know, between announcers, promoters and uh, other people involved in the sport. There's just so many characters involved there. And yeah, the, the idea is here to really just share that with the rest of the people yeah i completely agree and yeah you know it'd be nice to bring in some pit crew every once in a while maybe we should yeah, do but these. yeah i definitely like the idea here too of the uh the format you know i mean if uh we wanted to get just the, the nascar uh, we ran real good today uh, you know really enjoyed uh the car was uh, really on what, tonight what's a good one the hooters the, the hooters ford was good today it was turning real fast uh <laughs> you know if we wanted to go on that down that road i mean it's you can listen to that pretty much anywhere I, I think uh, what I we think... really wanted to uh, to do here, and, and there's still going to be some talk about you know what guys are doing, where they where they started, all that stuff. But oh yeah, absolutely. get to know them a little bit more uh, beyond that level. A couple stories that uh, if you heard it from a couple different angles, it would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure you're looking forward to it. And I think all our fans are looking forward to what we have to offer in the future. And once again, we're just kind of figuring this stuff out, and we'll slowly improve over time. But I'm sure any type of entertainment during the cold time of the season uh, for all of us racers and fans and promoters and whatnot are looking for something fun to talk about. And so that's what we're here for. 
Bench Racing Radio Podcast. This is episode zero. We hope to catch you next time in episode number one. I'm Anthony Leak, one of your hosts, and... Eric Gio. Check us out on social media. We'll have links in the uh, in the comment section here down below. Check it out. Enjoy. Jump on and uh, be part of the ride with us, guys. Catch you next time.